Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Tuesday, July 11th, 2023. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside Forbes 30 Under 30, a.k.a. the best haircut in the business, a.k.a. future class blessing, Eddie Oye Jr. Good morning, Greg. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing good. I feel refreshed. It's been quite a bit since I've been on the KFGD. It feels like it's been a while. Yeah? Last oh. week, you were pretty much... No, that's not right. Last week, we did a whole bunch of road, didn't we? Or was that two weeks ago? I think it was two weeks ago. I, I, can, I can open up the calendar. No, I, went, I, went, I went to Seattle. Like it's been a while. And so it's been what a while. What is time? And then you're leaving on another work trip here in a second. Yeah. Slash personal trip. Yeah. So I'm going to be gone for a week. Very excited about it. Yeah. it feels. I feel like I've had like one extended vacation, but like this is halftime where I come into the office for a couple of days sure. and work and then sure. I, I go back to do my thing. Yeah. And I'm very excited for LA. I'm going to Disneyland for... This the second time, but it's gonna feel like the first time because Feels when I went originally, I was only there for a few hours. Like I went when I was there for D twenty three. Okay, the homie John Drake yeah. uh, got got me the hookup, so I was able to go for a little bit. But it was very much at the end of the day after we had done a bunch of rehearsal for the oh sure, Marvel so you're Disney exhausted. Thing. You just wanted a turkey leg and to go home. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. we're all exhausted, and so it was very much all right. Bless, what do you want to do? We beeline to Marvel Avengers Campus and yeah. had a good time, and then. Beeline what did you do there? What do you do at campus? At Avengers Campus, we went to the Ant Man bar. Okay. And hung out and like they make small food. They make like small food, but then also big food. But okay. then small food that also has big food with it. Okay. And so what I think like there's like a sandwich that has big ingredients, but like small bread. You know, so okay. they're playing around with the proportions a little bit sure. in a really fun way. Was it good? The yeah, food? it was good. Okay. It, I mean, it was. It was average. Like, it wasn't okay. anything special, but it, it was wasn't... just the thrill of eating in the Ant Man restaurant. Yeah. Like, Got it was the gimmick of, oh yeah. man, this bun is really small. How cool is that? Or, like, oh man, what a big fry this is. Like, that's sure. pretty much what sure. that is. So, did that. Um, there's like, I don't know, fun, like, uh, there was like an Ant Man, or not Ant Man, there was a um, Doctor Strange sec- uh, section where they do like some weird perspective stuff. I took a picture with it where like okay. the floor looks like it's warping in. Okay. Um, went to the gift shop. <laughs> bought sure, some, yeah, of course you did. Of bought some did. Uh, bomber jackets. Got an Avengers bomber jacket. Turned out it was too small for me. Oh, I was going to say I haven't seen you wear this. Yeah, yeah no, I ended up giving it away. But yeah, no, I, the Avengers campus I think is pretty decent fun. And then afterwards we beeline to the Star Wars Galaxy Edge. Galaxy Edge. Yeah, Galaxy Edge um, is dope. Yeah. And that was, pre- it was pretty quick because we didn't have time to make a lightsaber or do anything. And so sure. I got there. Uh, Are went, you making a lightsaber this time? No, I don't think lame. so. Yeah, You're lame. You're um, I'll, I'll think about it. I don't know. I'm not. I like Star Wars, but I'm not the biggest Star yeah, Wars. Yeah, but I, I. That's how I, you know. That's exactly how I felt when I went there, and that yeah. thing's an experience, man. What's up, Barrett? You do have to be prepared though. If like you want to bring one home, you have to be mentally prepared of like bringing that on a flight and oh. figuring out where to put it and stuff. Yeah, just put it in the overhead bin. It's easy. Yeah, but you only get you one have to have the right on. type of bag. Yeah, you know, one carry yeah. on and then one thing to put under You're your. You're not seat. paying attention to this one pool cue you're bringing in. I brought two home because I I got the Ahsoka lightsabers and that was like kind of a weird one where it's like oh fuck 
got two of these long, like weird, yeah. thin boxes. How do you, how do you fit that in? You gotta be prepared. Be prepared. But it was, it was nice the last time I went because I went to where the Millennium Falcon was, and they, that's where they let people get pictures with yeah, the lightsabers uh -huh. and stuff. And so I was just getting a picture. I was like, oh yeah, let me get a picture in front of the Millennium Falcon. And then a kid comes over with his lightsaber and is like, hey, do you want to take pictures with my lightsaber? What a nice and I'm thing. like, you are the nicest kid I've ever met in my life. And you ran. And then you I took, took it, it and ran. I fucking ran. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and I never yeah. looked back. Try to catch. Oh me. yeah. And the lightsaber slowly turned from blue to red. And yeah, I'm like, yeah, I don't yeah. know what I don't watch the, the movies. I don't know what that means, but. Yeah, so it was a fun time. You knew what it meant. <laughs> I knew what it meant. I thought that, I was yeah. evil. I'm a Sith. Remember when? It, the, uh, you know what? I won't even say anything. I won't even say anything. Wait, you're about to spoil a future Star Wars thing? Yeah, you know, I've well, I've been on set for a couple of the Star Wars things, but it's not worth bringing up right now. And it turns out I was on the show last Friday, so I don't know what I'm talking about. But but it feels like you 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 weren't on the show oh, yesterday. Wait, actually, I was no. On the show yesterday. I went back a few weeks. No, I wasn't on the show last Friday. I wasn't on the show last Thursday. I the last time I was on the show was Wednesday. Gotcha. So it's been a, it's been almost a week. Fair enough. And now it's gonna be another week. I miss you guys. Well, luckily you're here on a huge day, ladies and gentlemen, because Xbox has won the FTC fight. EA's hiring for the next Star Wars game, and so much more is happening, and we'll cover it all because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every weekday on a variety of platforms, we run you through the nerdy video game news you need to know about. If you like that, be part of the show by writing in for free at kindoffunny.com slash KFGD with your questions, comments, concerns about the day's news, and of course with your squad up requests. Then... Watch us record the show live on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames and youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames. If you're watching live, you have a special job. Go to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong and tell us what we screw up as we screw it up so we can set the record straight for everybody watching later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, listening on podcast services, and of course supporting us on patreon.com slash kindoffunny. Over on patreon.com slash kindoffunny, you can toss us a few bucks and you can get each and every episode of Kind of Funny Games daily ad-free. You can get a bevy of bonus content more than... 200 exclusive episodes of content up right now. Uh, you got Kind of Feuties, you got Gregory's, you got everything else. Did I mention Kind of Feuties? Because I am on quite the tear, ladies and gentlemen. I'm kind <laughs> of just going to spoil all the episodes, huh? It's not spoilers when it's the draw. Mm -hmm. You know, guess what? Jey Uso isn't going to beat Roman Reigns at SummerSlam. You don't think but so? But people are going to watch that shit. And just like no one will ever fucking beat me again. For the kind of feudy trophy. Yeah, we'll see later. We, today, want. we will see, and you'll find out on patreon.com slash kind of funny where you can support us. Uh, of course, all that stuff, exclusive merch. It also keeps us all employed and the lights on and the mics on. So please go to patreon.com slash kind of funny and support us if you enjoy the show. Uh, if you got no bucks tossed away, no big deal, of course, use the epic game code kind of funny. It's our creator code when you're checking out or when you're buying something in Fortnite, Rocket League, or whatever else. Uh, some housekeeping for you. A new Kind of Funny podcast is up with special guest spider versus Chris Anka to talk about the MCU versus DCU. It's up on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny podcast services around the globe. And if you didn't know, yeah, Chris Anka designed several dozen Spider-Man and Spider-Verse. Yeah, 100, he said 170, and then he brought it down to 150. So if you keep talking to him, eventually it's going to be 98. Like, be, I, know what? I did five. one. I did one. But no, Chris has done so many spiders uh, for Into the Spider-Verse. He talks about that entire process uh, on the show as well. And if you want to hear about how he designed the Superman costume and a bunch of different Superman characters for my adventures uh, with Superman, the new I'm HBO. I'm very excited to watch that. 
It's awesome. I haven't been able to find the time. Oh, it's, dude, it's you on should totally. HBO Max? Yeah, it's on HBO uh, Max. I keep screwing up. Sorry, it's, Max. it's on Max. Uh, it's also, episode one is free on YouTube as well. So you can oh, get it hell yeah. if you didn't do it. Uh, I'm a huge fan of it. Loved it. Uh, ben loved it too. Of course, Jack Quaid, friend of the show, is Superman in there. Go check it out. I love this show. Very anime look to it. So I'm expecting uh, the Jabroni anime, bo- that, anime boys to get in there. That's the thing that got me in was I saw a clip on Twitter where he does the transformation in yeah, a suit and it looks like a Sailor Moon. I'm yeah, turning yeah. it. Yeah, like Very, it's, really it's cool. one of those, like, I don't know what your interest level is in superman or my adventures uh with superman i would love you to at least give the t- it's a two-part pilot go give that a shot barrett because it is as somebody who doesn't watch anime i'm like oh this is very anime influenced you know what i mean the, what they're doing and the the blushy faces and all the mm. stuff maybe i'll find time in like three or four months i know I'm right very busy I'm i sorry. know i know i understand you're a very yeah. busy man i understand yeah. no, 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 no. put down the fooly cooly barrett uh, we, right. we did that like an episode ago. I'm just talking you don't need like to watch, outside of kind of anime. You don't need to watch the Gundam Witch from Merc. That's what I'm watching. It's really well, that, good. The, it's really the, good. The, the fun <laughs> thing about these last two uh, kind of anime episodes that we have, they're not going to be like uh, what they've been for the first two, which were more of like reviews of like the the recent season. They're going to be they're going to have topics of the shows uh, for both of those exactly. So um, yeah, look forward to that. Great episode three coming soon. Uh, more housekeeping for you this week. We're not breaking up our streaming content on YouTube. This means that each day, Kind of Funny Games Daily, the Super Chat Post Show, and the stream of the day will be one big video on YouTube. Let us know what you think of this plan in the video comments, and make sure you help anyone in chat or comments that confuse, is confused as to what's going on. Uh, what's not an experiment? The YouTube Super Chat Post Show is now officially part of Kind of Funny Games Daily as a podcast. We've heard your feedback, your calls, and so there it is. Now you can expect to get the YouTube post show, Super Chat post show uh, as part of the podcast. Remember, as we're live, go ahead and ask questions about the stories and put them in Super Chat. And then at the end, we have a little thing where we all hang out and talk about it. It's great. Uh, thank you to our Patreon producer, Delaney Twining. Today, we're brought to you by Bird Dogs, but I'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin the show with what is and forever will be. The Roper Report. Time for some news. We have six items on the Roper Report. A baker's dozen. Number one, Microsoft wins the FTC fight to buy Activision Blizzard. This is Tom Warren at The Verge. This broke this morning, mere hour ago. A California judge is allowing Microsoft to close its acquisition of Activision Blizzard after five days of grueling testimony. Microsoft still faces an ongoing antitrust case by the Federal Trade Commission, but Judge Jacqueline Scott Corley has listened to arguments from both the FTC and Microsoft and decided to deny the regulator's request for a preliminary injunction. In a ruling submitted today, Judge Corley said the following, quote, Microsoft's Activision of I'm sorry, acquisition of Activision has been described as the largest in tech history. It deserves scrutiny. That scrutiny has paid off. Microsoft has committed in writing, in public, and in court to keep Call of Duty on PlayStation for 10 years on parity with Xbox. It made an agreement with Nintendo to bring Call of Duty to Switch, and it entered several agreements to for that's what it says. The first time uh, several agreements to for the first time bring Activision's content to several cloud gaming services. This court's responsibility in this case is narrow. It is to decide if, notwithstanding these current circumstances, the merger should be halted, perhaps even terminated, pending resolution of the FTC administrative action. For the reason explained. The court finds the FTC has not shown a likelihood it will prevail on its claim this particular vertical merger in this specific industry may substantially lessen competition. 
To the contrary, the record the record evidence points to more consumer access to Call of Duty and other Activision content. The motion for a preliminary injunction is therefore denied. Denied, denied is in all caps. That's the end of the quote. In a statement following Judge Corley's decision, Microsoft President Brad Smith, not the former quarterback of the your Missouri Tigers, mm-hmm. said the company was, quote, grateful to the court in San Francisco for this quick and thorough decision and hope other jurisdictions will continue working towards a timely resolution. The national nightmare is over? Almost I think, over. I, I think it's over, right? Like the big uh, hurdle now would be the CMA, which is the UK's regulative board, yeah. which we have a story about in our in story number two. But I, Microsoft being able to win the trial against the FTC, I think is the big one. Like that is the one where now this merger can go through. And if the CMA has shit to say about it, I'll think that the merger just goes through outside of the UK and then they figure it out and figure out what is the the solution over in the UK. But it seems like this is it. It seems like this Activision Blizzard acquisition is actually happening. Which again, we all expected. Yeah. This is not something, you know, I think from the beginning when everybody's wrung their hands and cried to the heavens and done all these things and we started off on the journey that would lead us to this court case, which again was trying to stop this from going further for the July 18th deadline, right? July yeah. 18th deadline. Uh, and again, there is still an FCC antitrust thing that's going to happen. This was just them trying to stop before the deadline to do that. It's like all of this. And again, with all the evidence laid out in court, and again, shout out to everybody from Tom Warren to Rebecca Valentine to everybody who went there and covered it. Um, it's all been for naught. It's all been flimsy. It's all been... Well, as the judge points out here, they're giving you a decade of it. They're bringing it to Switch. Yeah. They're doing these cloud and I, things. And that comes down to what our conversations have been for the last year, two years. I yeah, feel yeah, like this yeah, has been going year, on forever. Yeah. It does feel like it's been going on forever. Yeah. Of All right. This seems like this is going to happen, but what are the things that Microsoft's going to have to give up in order to make this happen? Yeah. And it seems the big steps have been uh, making deals with both PlayStation and Nintendo and other platforms to put Call of Duty there for at least 10 years. And then the cloud stuff, which... Is I, in my, in my opinion, still a weird hang up to have, but hey, like they're Microsoft is putting in the work to make sure that any cloud platform that they can conceivably t- discover is going to get uh, Call of Duty also on there for 10 years, whether you're in video or some service that I've never heard of. And so, yeah, like it, it, this is the system working as intended, right? Like I look specifically at this part in the quote from the judge where they say, the court finds the FTC has not shown a likelihood it will prevail on its claim that this particular vertical in the merger, uh, or this particular vertical merger in this specific industry may substantially lessen competition, right? That's the whole point of this. The whole point of this is to make sure that Microsoft isn't gaining a monopoly by buying Activision Blizzard. And for all the arguments that have been given for everything that um, you know, Phil and Jim and everybody who has been on the stand and have made their arguments to say, it seems like this isn't going to lessen competition, right? If anything, it's going to increase competition. On that side, on the legal side of things, and I guess on the capitalistic side of things, I think this lines up. I don't think that Xbox buying and owning Activision Blizzard is going to put PlayStation or Nintendo out of business. Now it's about the follow-up, right, of what does this mean for... Um, maybe further deals that PlayStation could make with Microsoft to maybe sure. get Call of Duty on PlayStation Plus or whatever that looks like. What does this mean for maybe Microsoft buying even more studios or PlayStation buying even more studios? Like now I feel like it's this is that we have gotten past the if this is going to happen and now it's about the ramifications. Now the of, realities of this? Yeah, exactly. What I appreciate it's gone through the chat now, so I apologize, but there was a conversation going on about like, number one, 
a lot can happen in a decade. <laughs> and then number two, I think it was Lakers head there said, uh, hopefully in a decade, Call of Duty won't be as, as as important or whatever to that conversation, to which I think is so fascinating because in a decade, right? Like, what are we even talking about anymore? And I know forever there's been, we've heralded the end of consoles and this, that, and the other, blah, blah, blah. I fully believe that Microsoft believes its pitch. And I don't think that they are sitting around going like, in a decade, man, the Xbox Series X3 or whatever, you know what I mean? Like, I don't think they're talking about consoles. I think they're talking about being this huge publisher. They have this army of first-party studios making all these amazing games that are coming to Game Pass, that are going to your phone, that are going to your computer, that are going to your TV, that are going to the app you're using. It's mobile Game Pass. It's. I mean, I think it's going to be such a... Microsoft's vision is that in a decade, this is a ubiquitous thing, and it's not so much competing with PlayStation as much as competing with everything out there, yeah. everywhere out there. And not to mention, what is PlayStation thinking in a decade they're going to be? Are they just worried about, we're, we're using the PS6, you know what I mean? We're, mm-hmm. we're, dealing, we're just playing on PlayStation 6, and that's the end of it? Or are they forward-thinking enough as well as what you know that investment in Gaikai so long ago was that became PlayStation Plus Plus and became streaming and all these? Like, Where are we, and what does that look yeah. like in it is an I, interesting. So much can happen in a decade that I really do think that this isn't a moot point, but I don't think in a decade it'd really be, man. And first off, whether Call of Duty continues to be the biggest fucking thing going or not, mm-hmm. in a decade, if it's still the biggest thing going, is Microsoft going to really cut off their nose to spite their face and go, well, exactly. for a decade, we've made X billion dollars because we've put Call of Duty everywhere. Now, let's take it away from those other platforms, silo it just to Xbox and lose a great amount of money, but hopefully bring in more subscribers and do all this different stuff and really piss off an audience. And, a, and like, you want to talk about like what's going on on PlayStation side of the equation, right? Cool. You ha- let's just say they want, you have to, I guess, as a business, run with worst case scenario. You have one decade yep. to come up with one fucking amazing first person shooter. Who's it going to be? Is it fair games? Is it yeah. this? Is it Concord? Like, is it marathon? Is it something brand new? Like, what are you going to do of all you are throwing so much spaghetti at the wall right now to see if you can nail a live service? And in, you know, is that a, a, a wrinkle we've all looked past as we've talked about this live service plan and all these multiplayer things? Like, we can't commit in all of this. You can't, you, well, there's not only so much, is PlayStation really going? No, no. We're doing this shotgun approach, and we expect 11 of these 12 to fail, but we're going to find that one that works, and that will be what we invest in. Yeah. For me, I think it's even less about just we are looking for a slam-dunk first-person shooter, whereas we're looking for a super game now. Um, you know, like, there's been... Me and Tim have been making fun of Sega and how, like, in their business plan, they keep talking about this super game that's going to happen. Call of Duty is a super game. Like, Call of Duty, that is a franchise that is the best-selling uh, game year over year over year with new entries coming out every year and now multiple entries when you think about it between something like Call of Duty Mobile and Call of Duty Warzone. Call of Duty is killing it on all fronts and it's very popular and making super game money. Like, that is a super video game. For PlayStation... <laughs> that? That's Barrett coming in. I got something to say. <laughs> for, uh, I didn't know my mic was on. That was a burp. <laughs> <laughs> for PlayStation, I don't even think it's just a... We need a, a very popular first-person shooter. I think it is a... We need something on that level of popularity. And that could be a... We need our own Genshin Impact. Like, we need a, like a PlayStation's first-party Genshin Impact. Or we need a PlayStation first-party Fortnite. I think that becomes a conversation now of... What is the cash cow that is gaining a uh, an audience that is on the level of that, right? Like PlayStation is killing it with 
the content, right, with uh, critical successes, with like games that are, are that are selling well, right, for a PlayStation first party thing. But now, when the main competitor is, has Call of Duty at their disposal, and you want to keep up with that, I think you start to you start to look at how do we build from the ground up something that is the next mega game that we're talking about, like Fortnite. Sure. And yeah, you know, to be a first party and have that, right? Like that's the dream, I'm sure, yeah. for each one of them. Uh, BJ Bernardo writes in, like you can for free at kindoffunny.com slash KFGD and says, hi, y'all. Do you think Microsoft will buy up more gaming companies within the next year? Will they be large ones like this Activision Blizzard deal or smaller, maybe individual companies? Or finally, at least for a bit, will they, will they show some chill, bro? Does Sony look to make bigger splashes? Are you ready for Cortana and Candy Crush? Thanks, BJ Bernardo, Peanut Gallery Amateur. Is there a purchase that, that Microsoft or PlayStation could make that would be as big as Activision Ubisoft. Blizzard? Well, not as big, but yeah. Ubisoft would be a, a, like the one that gets kicked around Square Enix. We've been kicking around it from the rumor mill forever. And it was that I that was, of course, the Square Enix rumor was super hot. Then it got cold, and then it seemed like it got cold because PlayStation was ready to go to war over this whole FTC thing. And so now that this is done, and when it's actually finalized, right, and the antitrust done, and the ink's dry on all the paper, you wonder, yeah, what is PlayStation's first response to this? Yeah. Is it, all right, we got to be strong, we got to go show some force, and we got to go get a big company? Again, not nearly as big as Activision Blizzard. I'm not trying I was to. literally about to say, oh, man, what if they got Blizzard? <laughs> and I remember that Activision Blizzard is fucking Activision Blizzard. <laughs> so that's, that's out of the question. But yeah, no, it's, I, for me, it's tough to think of because I think, yeah, Square Enix or Ubisoft would be huge. But I don't think anything compares to Activision no. with Call no. of Duty and Blizzard with Overwatch. You figure, I mean, like, this doesn't make any sense and it doesn't work. But, like, when you're talking about something, you're talking about Call of Duty big. Yeah. Then, yeah, I guess the next move would be bought to buy Epic Games. Exactly. Fortnite. Yeah. Which... I wouldn't think is on no, the table. No chance. Yeah. No, I mean, well, but also we would say the same thing about Activision Blizzard though, right? No. Cause see, that's my thing with Activision Blizzard. I think like w Activision Blizzard is run by bean counters and people looking after the shareholders and do like, they're the more, they're the most businessy business, right? E and you can, and I know we can all talk as much shit about EA as you want to talk about in the chat, but EA is like right now chasing first single player games. They are making cool shit. They are really, it, it feels like, trying to make good games and granted there's corporate suits in every giant corporation so like whatever whoever's giving the speech and wearing you know the the blue collared shirt no tie rolled up sleeves and giving their presentation at e3 whatever but like i feel like activision blizzard is way more on the nose about like no nah, we want to make fucking money we don't mm -hmm. care we don't give a shit what gamers say or do we just want to make money and ea does that but they also make a bunch of good games as well not yeah. that activision blizzard doesn't make games but you understand what i'm saying right am i wrong yeah. yeah i mean i would think maybe ea would be the next one you know sure. like i think that's, that's been rumored before too Ether money it speaks loudly sure right? like that is another wildly popular franchise along with everything else that ea does on the sports side but then also now they're in this flow of making pretty good single player stuff but i wonder too if you if playstation goes and do if they jump into that thing is it just going to be then the exact same thing we just saw you know what I mean? Of like now Activision Blizzard is going to go after them and do that. Or does Activision Blizzard cool their heels because, well, we just won one. And so like there's kind of a precedence there or like now a precedent there now. Or is it the fact that now that they like Microsoft goes after them? Yeah. yeah. Okay, what did I say? You said Activision. Oh, Blizzard. sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, now they're one of the same. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I, I, I wonder what that looks like. And I want. Yeah. I, you know, we've joked around about this on PS. I love you a lot. Right. But like it's going to be fun as soon as this is all wrapped up with a bow and PlayStation's like. Fine. We also bought these people. Like, you know what I mean? The, the deals they've been have waiting in the wings that they wanted to pump their brakes and not look like consolidation in the industry was happening and a yeah. huge problem. I To the, the, the question from BJ Bernardo, I would think that Microsoft doesn't do another 
huge acquisition like this for a while, I think they cool off because I think if Microsoft now turns around and next year they announce that they're about to buy EA or something, I think that goes to trial again. And I, I wouldn't think they would win again. Right? Yeah, that's like, when I, it starts getting, okay, well, you're buying up all the biggest. Yeah, it's like, okay, publishers. you just bought Activision Blizzard. Now you want to buy the second biggest and the third biggest. Now you are using your money to now dominate this industry in a way that is unfair. Um, I could see PlayStation doing it, though. Like, I yeah. think, I think, I, I would think that PlayStation now is seeing that as the next step. Now, the question is, does PlayStation even need to? Because, in, in the front, like, I guess from our perspective, not even from the PlayStation, if you're Jim Ryan or if you're, a shareholder at playstation what you're thinking for us as people that comment on this stuff right and just follow this stuff i don't think that you're fine as playstation to not sure buy up any big publishers or companies like keep doing what you're doing and buying the insomniacs and the house marks of the world and the studios that you work well with i don't think that you need an ea or a square enix to respond because people are showing up to playstation to play the first party playstation games and the third party stuff right we're here to play what's on your platform and what's on your platform is still really good yeah it's this is where it gets into corporate uh, warfare that I think we're out of our depths with of, yeah, when you go through as Microsoft and you make this giant purchase and you have Activision Blizzard now into the Xbox brand, what is the next logical step? Is the logical step to cool your jets, chill out, not worry about it, you have a stable, let's go, or is it that you are going to continue to chase it? Because then you get into this, not so much an arms race, because I don't think PlayStation has the war chest that Xbox does, right? The backing of Microsoft to go do all this. And to your point, if we could just say, oh, well, this is how you're ending, how you go. There's still quite the argument to make of like, all right, cool. Here's all of PlayStation's first parties and here's all of the Xbox first parties, right? Even like it's, yeah, don't get me wrong. Activision Blizzard, what a team to fucking have, right? Have the IP of Call of Duty and have stuff like Blizzard and Diablo and Overwatch. Like, you know, there's amazing IP and stuff in there, but like, how do those stack up toe-to-toe with PlayStation's IPs and single players and stuff like that? What gets interesting is I think when you talk about Square Enix in particular, right? Like EA, sure, it's a big, it's another big corporation that's getting moved around, but EA is EA Sports and it is all these different things. And I don't know if that necessarily fits the PlayStation or Xbox, you know, uh, brand, you know what I mean? What their yeah. identity is. Whereas I look at Square Enix and I go, man, like Square Enix does fit the PlayStation identity, right? And it would be a nice compliment to like, listen, yeah, like, we have all these live service games. We're doing all this multiplayer stuff, but we are committed to amazing single player stories like the Final Fantasy series. You know, we just saw, you've just seen all the success with Final Fantasy 16. We're going to take all the classic Final Fantasies and we're doing X, Y, and Z with them on this. And they're going to add it to PlayStation Plus and blah, blah. Like, there's a whole bunch of narrative stuff that makes sense there, but you're back into this situation of like how it was before you bought Housemark, where, well, we don't own Housemark, but the majority of their games are exclusive to PlayStation when we're talking about Square Enix, right, and Final Fantasy. So it's like, is that even worth doing? Yeah. The only w- reason to do it would be if you're afraid of Microsoft buying it up, but now is Microsoft in this chill-out bro period? Yeah. I, the What does this industry look like 10 years from now conversation I think is interesting in regards to this too because to your point of you can stack up the PlayStation first-party studios with the Microsoft first-party studios and like, you know, it does it, where do things land there? And I think this might be a hot take, but given the studios that Microsoft has, Microsoft's, Microsoft should be out-studioing PlayStation. I'll stop you but, right there. Mm, 1,000%. Yeah. Continue. But the cards aren't, the cards yeah. haven't fallen. The dominoes <laughs> have not fallen Like, yet Microsoft this. has so many studios and so many talented studios, and they've just not lined those up in the way that PlayStation has, especially over the course of the PS4 generation where we're getting Horizon, Ghost, Spider-Man, Last of Us, Uncharted. Like, PlayStation is firing on all cylinders with studios that they've been able to curate over the last generation whereas microsoft 
should be do like Microsoft should have that. Microsoft should have this in the bag, and maybe ten years from now they will have it Great in the point. bag because they're able to organize and figure all that shit out. But yeah, like for the time being, if you're asking me, hey, if you're if if I want to play the first party output of one um, platform versus the other, at least for this generation, I'm still going PlayStation. Yeah. Now PlayStation Six versus Xbox, whatever it is, we'll see. Like we'll see if things change. But yeah, like right now, PlayStation first party is still where it's at. Yeah. And that's the thing about, you know, again, the Activision Blizzard purchase and, uh, again, what came out of the trial where there were more, oh, this is more of a mobile thing than it is everything else. I, you know, I, I said earlier, and you did too, but I, when I brought it up, you know, stacking up the studios and IPs against each other, PlayStation versus Xbox, Xbox still doesn't move the needle for me that much, right? Because mm. right now, yeah, it is Call of Duty and it is Overwatch. And then there's Diablo, which, of course, I'm yeah. obsessed with and still Starfield. playing nightly. Well, I'm talking just with the Activision Blizzard. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, yeah, Starfield, gotcha. of course. Yeah. I'm not taking away from act, uh, the Bethesda move, but it's that idea of like you start looking at what these, what Activision Blizzard does, and what the big games are, and those aren't Greg games, right? Mine are the single player narrative adventure. You know, if we can toss in, uh, you know, mid twenties girl finding herself, I'm all about it, right? Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm, what is Annapurna doing? Yeah, check, check, check. I want all of Parents those. Are dead. Yeah, exactly. Oh, there's some grief going on. Yeah, yeah. Oh man. Chris Anko was telling me about this power. Oh, it's a comic. It doesn't matter. Anyways, though, uh, that's just how it is in terms of, again, a brand identity. Even though Xbox isn't that and hasn't been for a long time the bro shooter multiplayer platform, I'm not at all taking away. That was, I feel, their identity for a good stretch there with Halo and Gears and stuff, and that was what it was, that multiplayer, let's go just tear some shit up thing. I still think that the multiplayer get on xbox live with your friends dna is there and so i think that oh picking up overwatch makes a lot of sense oh picking up call of duty makes a lot of sense especially because mm-hmm. it used to be an xbox thing was call of duty and i think that fits your brand identity of what you're going for in a, in a way that again is great for that audience but not necessarily me yeah it's interesting man like i'm so curious to see what the next moves are i know we still have more to talk about regarding the the cma but man what a like what a monumental moment i just can't wait for this whole over i'm with you as i can't wait for it to be done over and then let's live with the ramifications let's see what this is actually going to look like what is it going to be what is going to happen oh yada 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 but anyways number two on the road report is all about this still microsoft and uk regulators agree to pause their activision battle to negotiate this is tom warren at the verge Microsoft and the UK's competitive, nope, nope, UK's competition and markets authority, the CMA, uh, have both agreed to pause their legal battle over the proposed Activision Blizzard acquisition in order to further negotiate. Microsoft has just won a separate ruling with a U.S. federal court against the Federal Trade Commission, the FTC, and the CMA is the last regulator preventing the Xbox maker from completing its $68.7 billion Activision Blizzard deal. The UK regulator moved to block Microsoft's proposed acquisition in April, and Microsoft was due to appeal that decision with a hearing set to start on July 28th. Microsoft has now agreed to the CMA to pause its appeal process to look at how the transaction action could be modified to address the CMA's cloud gaming concerns. Quote, After today's court decision in the US, our focus now turns back to the UK. While we ultimately disagree with the CMA's concerns, we are considering how the transaction might be modified in order to address those concerns in a way that is acceptable to the CMA, says Microsoft President Brad Smith. Again, not the famous Mizzou quarterback who wore number 16 and was a hell of a tiger. Uh, In a statement to The Verge, 
Quote, in order to prioritize work on the... He could scramble like nobody's business, Brad yeah? Smith. He was so so good, good to watch him. I had acting class with him. Great guy. Yeah, Still follows you me. You were in acting class. I did, yeah. That's the more interesting part of this. Me? Yeah. You didn't think I was out there acting? No, I mean, I could believe it. No, oh, shit, you're a mime now. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't even teach me that <laughs> acting. Miming, improv. That plays so well on podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> in order to... Pri- what do you want me to do? I don't remember the one-act play we did. In order to prioritize uh, work on these proposals, Microsoft and Activision have agreed with the CMA that a stay on the litigation in the UK would be in the public interest, and the parties have made a joint submission to the Competition Appeal Tribunal to this effect, end quote. Uh, The CMA confirmed uh, the decision in a statement to The Verge, noting uh, that the regulator is, quote, ready to consider any proposals from Microsoft to restructure the transaction in a way that would address the concerns set out in our final report, end quote. This makes me think that they're going to be successful with this. Microsoft in, in figuring this out with the CMA. 100%. Yeah. It's, I, I get the vibe that the CMA is now more open now that the FTC has gone through. And I believe the European trade organization like also went through after the CMA denied it. And so I'll think that the more and more other um, uh, organizations let this go through, that the more and more the CMA looks kind of dumb in rejecting it. Yeah. And so I think them being like, all right, let's figure this out. Let's talk it through. Makes me think that we're going to see uh, Microsoft in this. This was always the thing we were talking about with PlayStation, right? Where we thought it might come down to the 10 year deal, but then also this, but then also PlayStation Plus. But like you would get, you didn't have to do this in court. You could sit there and have a negotiation deal that got you, okay, fine. We're not going to stand in the way. We're not going to make a big deal about this. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's the same thing here. Again, you know, this is the thing where the UK has been hung up on the cloud gaming aspect of it. That's what came out of their report. Again, time is a flat circle. What a month ago, a little bit more. I remember. When, I think it was a few months ago. Yeah, I remember yeah. when that was their thing, and I remember. Oh yeah, because Phil talked about it on the Xcast. He yeah. came on right, right, right when it was Redfall. Um, this is like May. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I think those are all again things you can squash, things you can figure out. Like, okay, what is the exclusivity window? Ten years. You know, what what do you need to do to make the cloud gaming thing make sense? Yeah. But again, it's so nebulous, so cumulus. So what now? Cum- Cumulus. That's Cumulus? a cloud joke. It's a cloud. Oh, yeah. That went over my head. It's fine. Like a cloud. Like a cloud. <laughs> Look at that. We're on today, guys. Acting. Brad Smith, you still acting? Let me know. Tweet at me. Look, you're doing the mime stuff, too. Yeah. That's great podcast content. Killing it. Yeah. Good. It's going to go through as we always yeah. said it would. Even since since um, the CMA uh, denied them, like they have made Microsoft has made more deals for cloud stuff since then, and trying to like you know, gain goodwill with the CMA. And so I think this is all going to pay off. It's only a matter of time. It's happening. It is happening, ladies and gentlemen. Just like patreon.com slash kind of funny is happening over on patreon.com slash kind of funny. You can get all sorts of stuff like the kind of funny games daily show each and every weekday ad free as a video as an MP3 on your listening demand. Well, you know, that made sense to somebody. Of course, you could get a whole bunch of bevy of exclusive programming like kind of feudy. Where's my trophy? Kind of feudy. Never giving it up. You know, acknowledge me. Uh, Greg Ways are going up all the time over there. Having to go with Chris Anke yesterday. Today, I'm going to respond to some stuff I saw on Reddit. We're going to have a fun time over there. Uh, this is only on Patreon.com slash Kind of Funny. And like I said, most importantly, you can go there to get this show ad-free. But since you're not there, Jack, here's a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs make you look good. Bird Dogs stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. They fit way better than regular shorts that are made of a stiff, 
restricting cotton. Bird dogs use anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. I've been going down to the heat of Los Angeles with Gia a lot recently, and I've been loving the breeze thanks to my bird dogs. They got Oxford shorts, khaki shorts, bathing suits, and much, much more. My favorites are the Art Farts Knockers, and it's not just because of the name, it's because of the blue, but hey, the name doesn't hurt at all. Art Fart Knocker, come on. Go to birddogs.com slash kindoffunny or enter code kindoffunny for a free Yeti-style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash kindoffunny or use the promo code kindoffunny for a free Yeti-style tumbler. Birddogs.com slash kindoffunny. Promo code kindoffunny. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. As we look to the future, I have a question from Jack Martin who says, I know a lot of this is still up in the air with the CEMA, but what do you think the next few months are going to look like for Activ- I'm sorry, Microsoft now that the Activision Blizzard King deal is nearly closed? Will all Activision Blizzard games head to Game Pass ASAP? God damn, sorry. ASAP? And will 2023's Call of Duty release day and date on Game Pass, or are we still several months away from the tangible differences? Oof. I think if 2023's doesn't, then 2024's will. That sounds right. Yeah, I, I don't think 2023... So working backwards, and again, uh, if you want it, you are wrong, or if Barrett wants extra credit, even though I know he's busy and he's got a lot of stuff today. When they announced Bethesda and they f- closed the Bethesda deal, how, what was the difference between that happening and Bethesda game showing up on That's game a Pass? really good question. Because that would be my thing. I don't think 2023 will, Call of Duty will release day and date on Game Pass because I think that's just too dang quick. I don't think you have your ducks in a row for that. It was like three days later, says T Catch. Like a month later, says somebody else. Well, look at that. Yeah. You guys can't even describe. And I would also think, I mean, to your point of, you know, um, not, not having your ducks in a row, they've had like a year to get their ducks in a row. Like I know. they've, they've been it, slowly like, building. To but this. here's my thing again as we walk into what is an, what the world we don't know of business takeovers yeah. i think you legally might not be able to make those kind of oh yeah, you can't you can't if, since the deal isn't closed you can't actually put any of that shit down yeah so, so now once you close it then you can actually do it go ahead well uh, what i have is march 9th 2021 from tom warren at the verge microsoft completes bethesda acquisition march. promises some xbox and pc exclusive and then let's see this was march 11th 2021 so two days later 20 bethesda games from the world's most iconic franchise <laughs> okay. are available in xbox game pass tomorrow so yeah it was like a three-day turnaround so i don't think call of duty this year will do it mm-hmm. i think there's some i would imagine Activision's it's already in, in motion right like i mean that that game is probably mostly done at this point and then but i do think activision blizzard games head to game pass asap yeah all of them eh, i mean diablo i'm sure is still selling incredibly well but again why not do it there? You have seasons, sell the battle pass, do the thing. Yeah, and the the twenty games that Bethesda had, they weren't like 
the most recent games, right? Uh, granted, I don't know how yeah, yeah. crazy that year was for Bethesda, but yeah, it was like a bunch of old school Dooms, Dishonoreds, uh, Wolfenstein, not even Wolfenstein Two, you know, like. Mm. Is Diablo Four not on Game Pass? No. Huh. I I don't know why I thought it was, but I that makes I, sense, and it will be one day. Yeah, I mean, yo, definitely will be one day. I if I'm Xbox, I'm going as far as to like we announce that the deal is finalized or whenever that happens, and then as soon as possible. I know this takes time to put together, but I'll do some kind of showcase or presentation that is like xbox like the xbox handshake activision presentation where we talk about everything that we're doing now like hey yeah, yeah, yeah. all of all of these games are coming to the game pass hey this is our plan with call of duty i would like break that shit down in a very celebratory way and make it a victory lap that's what i would do hell yeah yeah i think it'll be yeah, asap but again where i get interested is what what the king part of it the mobile part of it when is oh, xbox yeah. and you pass mobile happening you know what i mean and that, that announcement of here's a whole bunch of mobile games you can play and do whatever do I get my extra credit? You do, Barrett. Okay. Gold star. Everybody put the gold stars in chat for Barrett, please. That's Kevin's face. Still a gold star. It's fair. All right. And again, you know Kevin hasn't gotten a gold star in like seven years. Yeah. All right. He hasn't ran, run games daily in a couple of years regularly. Barrett, just take the fucking wins. Okay? No, I don't know what you want here. I refuse. All right, everybody take away your Barrett stars. Yeah, they give or you your, yeah take away your Kevin stars. Stop doing the Kevin stars. And everybody do the Portillo emojis right now. Because Barrett's acting like a dog. Damn. Damn. Oh, man. <laughs> Number three on the rope report. <laughs> EA seemingly hiring for a third Star Wars Jedi game. I am shocked. This is Tom Ivan at VGC. Respawn Entertainment is currently recruiting team members for what is presumably a third Star Wars Jedi game. Uh, the EA studio is uh, seeking to hire a principal game writer and a senior VFX artist to work on new content for the action adventure series. Notably, it's li it lists Unreal Engine 5 experience as a big plus in the VFX job description. Shortly before Star Wars Jedi Survivors release in April, series director Stig Asmussen uh, said he hoped to make a trilogy of games. And he told IGN, quote, it's a pretty safe assumption that a third game in the series would see Respawn switch from Unreal Engine 4 to Unreal Engine 5 for development. Continuing the story of Cal Kestis, one of the last surviving Jedi Knights, Survivor picks up five years after the events of EA's hit 2019 game Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Quote, I've always wanted to make a trilogy. I've always, want, I've always wanted to see this as a trilogy, Asmussen said. How can we take Cal and the crew to new places beyond what we were doing in the first game? We had a pretty decent idea of time frame where we wanted Survivor to take place, what the stakes were going to be, what the tone of the game was going to be, what Cal was going to be up against, and how the crew was going to factor into that. And there's ideas of what we could do beyond that as well, end quote. Respawn is also working on at least two more Star Wars games. One is an internally developed first-person shooter helmed by former LucasArts veteran and Medal of Honor co-creator Peter Hirschman. Uh, the other is a strategy game developed in collaboration with BitReactor, a new studio formed by veterans of XCOM and Civilization Maker for Access Games. What's, what's funny is that when this story started, right, and talked about, yeah, they're hiring for new content for the action-adventure series, yeah. I was like, how do we know this isn't DLC? And then they go on to say, well, it lists Unreal Engine 5, and so it's like, okay, cool. Yeah, the, the Jedi Survivor, I believe, uses Unreal Engine 4, and so that's, that's a new game, which is exciting and also very expected. Um, my question, though, to you, Greg, and probably to Barrett, probably more, to, more so to Barrett, even, sure. uh, 
If, there he is. If the boss the, get your hand out oh, of my coffee man, cup. So get your hand out of my coffee cup. <laughs> if Jedi Survivor's sequel, right, this last game in the trilogy, ends up being a, being a banger, is it? Is Jedi? Is this Star Wars Jedi game series from Respawn? Does it end up as the best Star Wars trilogy of the last Ooh. three years? Yeah, that is a better question for sure. I would think yes. Of the last thirty years? Of the last, like since the let's say since the original trilogy. It's tough. Uh, I would uh, probably not. I hold the original trilogy to high regard. Mm. I really I'm, in my enjoyed... head, I'm not. I'm not including the original trilogy, so I should make that oh, more clear. Oh gosh, I guess not... after the original trilogy. Okay, okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah. There's potential. Like I, I wasn't as high on the story for Survivor as I know uh, some some other people were. So for me, it would really have to uh, bring something. Um, completely insane to like make it a, like a cohesive trilogy uh that is better than anything else it's hard to because like a lot of the stuff that i love uh from recent star wars aren't really like trilogy things right it's star wars rebels it's the clone wars it's all this other stuff that aren't really like trilogy kind of things so it'll be interesting i can't wait yeah. i can't wait too I'm excited to see where they end up uh, placing this third game, like in the timeline. And in the stuff, real right? timeline, yeah. Because it's kind of been five-year jumps, right, where uh, Jedi Fallen Order was five years after Order 66. Survivor was five years after that. And then if they do another five-year time jump, then we're getting into, like, the first season of Star Wars Rebels, also around the time, I think, of Andor. So that's some really interesting, like, early Rebellion stuff coming together. Um, but, yeah. You can also uh, check out our spoiler cast that came out uh, like a month or two ago with uh, Greg and I, where we theorize about where the, the third game could take place. Hell yeah. I'm excited. I still got to beat Survivor. Come on, man. I started. I got to make time to get back to Platinum. Man. Now, when that'll happen, mm. who knows? But yeah, like when I beat um, Final Fantasy 16, like a couple days later, I was like, all right, cool. Time to finally get back to Jedi Survivor because I'm halfway through that game. And I, I booted it up, played a little bit of it, and was like, Damn, I'm I'm not in the mood for this for some reason. Like, that why happens. isn't it hitting right now? Yeah. So hopefully, I get back to it before game of the year time. Is now my hope. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, yeah. right now we're, it's a little calm. Right now, it's yeah, a little calm. I mean, I just got multiple codes for games in my email. Yeah, this but like morning. I gave you some of those codes, and it's like yeah, we're not the biggest game. Yeah, but I care more about these games. But yeah, you're gonna. But I mean, you play the game, you get it done. Like those, it's not. Sure. You didn't get your Starfield code. You're not in it for another hundred hours. Is what I'm saying. You don't know that. Fucking start. Listen, all right. <laughs> zoom, zoom in space. Holy That's what I'm shit. doing today. <laughs> Number four on the Roper Report: A new study says just 13% of classic video games are commercially available. This is Cat Bailey at IGN.com. Spy shooter No One Lives Forever was critically acclaimed when it was released back in 2000, earning multiple awards, nods, and a sequel. We called it one of the best shooters of the year in our original review. If you want to play it in 2023, though, you'll have to turn on one. You'll have to turn to one of those handful of digital archives available on the internet, because neither No One Lives Forever nor its sequels are commercially available on Steam nor anyone else. No One Lives Forever is one example of a market where just 13% of video games made before 2010 are commercially available. A new study conducted by the Video Game History Foundation revealed. For every remastered update of Metroid Prime, thousands of games are difficult or even possible to obtain legitimately, including games on popular platforms like the Game Boy. Quote, Imagine if the only way to watch Titanic was to find a used VHS tape and maintain your own vintage equipment so that you could still watch it, the Video Game History Foundation's Kelsey Lewin wrote in a blog explaining hey. the study. Hey! Quote, 
Friend of the show for you, Barry? Is that what you're trying to say? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Quote, and what if no library, not even the Library of Congress, could do any better? They could keep the digitized, digitized, they could keep and digitize that VHS of Titanic, but you'd have to go all the way there to watch it, end quote. That's roughly the situation the video game industry finds itself in, says the new study, which compares the commercial availability of classic video games to the survival rate of silent movies, 14%, and pre-World War II audio recordings, 10% or less. The new study, which the Video Game History Foundation describes as the first of its kind, examined more than 4,000 video games released in the United States before 2010, with a special focus on the Commodore 64, Game Boy, and the PlayStation 2. The Commodore 64, which was first introduced in 1982, is described as an, quote, abandoned ecosystem with the lowest level of commercial interest, while the Game Boy is described as neglected and the PlayStation 2 is called active. It found that the overall availability of historic games is, quote, unquote, dire, with many held back by technical challenges, rights issues, and other problems. Modern services such as Xbox Game Pass, PlayStation Plus, and Nintendo Switch Online offer access to vintage games in return for a, normal, a nominal fee, as do retro collections like Digital Eclipse's popular Cowabunga collection. However, many more games remain tied to outdated hardware, and demand from collectors has driven up prices. Quote, we're hopeful that this study will incite, in, yeah, incite change, Lewin wrote, and that, video and that video game preservation will become stronger before we lose more, end quote really sad yeah a lot of these classic games that you know help shape an entire medium are just just aren't available through commercial means and if you want to play these games you have to pirate them right which allegedly. sucks allegedly allegedly pirate them which sucks right because i think like i think preserving history is important right i think preserving these things is important and i think access is great the thing that sucks is that capitalistically a lot of companies don't have the like a reason to want to preserve their old stuff, right? For them, it's even easier to just bury these things and move on to the new thing that people are excited about and will pay more money for. But in the cases of that, right, I think we just need more tools and more uh, institutions in place to keep these things from getting lost to history because that's a very high number, right? 13% of classic games being commercially available. That means 87% are just fucking lost. Uh, that's terrible. Also, shout out to Kelsey Lewin for, for one, doing the study, but then also just doing awesome work in general. It's the homie. But don't you and your Steam Deck and your allegedly, doesn't that solve the problem, Bless? I don't think so. I mean, because I, I don't think that should be the solution. I don't think basically stealing <laughs> should be the solution to keeping these things alive, right? Like, I think having some sort of way people can access these games should be the thing. And yeah, like, I, I think having things like the Kawabunga collection is dope. Having things like the Metal Gear Solid um, uh, collection Legacy coming collection. out later this year, that's dope. Um, even elements with Nintendo Switch Online is cool, but Nintendo Switch Online, for as how many Game Boy games are out there in the ether, Nintendo Switch Online has, like, what, 30 sure, Game Boy games? Yeah, it's not nearly, yeah. And, like, it, it's a, a, a drop in the bucket, right? It's a, it's a drop in the ocean for how many games are available on that service versus how many games are out there that, you know, again, help shape the medium, right? Or, like, are games that are worth remembering for one reason or another. Um, and so, yeah, I, I still think it's worth putting in work to, to do that stuff. Like, I think emulation and preserving roms and all that stuff is a solution but i don't think it's the solution okay well the video game history foundation is doing amazing work everyone should support them again i loved uh, when i was signed up for the magazine a month 
where I get the, you know, they have, they're, they're doing the whole thing where they're building out the collection of every GM, every uh, game pro, yada, yada, yada. But so they get donations of magazines. And then when they had, I forget how many duplicates or triplicates or whatever, mm-hmm. they would then put those into a pile that they would then put into a random grand bag. That you, they send a magazine a month. And I fucking adored That's that dope. when I was doing it. Yeah. Hell yeah, dude. Number? Well, we got a question here. Do we already cover it? I didn't you, you added the question. Do I need it? Uh, oh, we can skip this one. Number five on the Roper Report. Sega of America workers announced plans to form a union. This is Steven Totillo at Axios. Not even Sonic the Hedgehog can outrun the wave of unionization sweeping across the games industry. Workers from Sega of America announced today that they plan to unionize and have filed for an election with the National Labor Relations Board. The group consists of 144 workers from marketing, localization, testing, product development, and other disciplines, making it one of the broader unionization efforts in the industry. The workers say they have a supermajority in favor, signaling that an election would be likely to succeed. They're organizing through the Communication Workers of America, which has represented similar efforts in the industry for years. The workers are calling their group the Allied Employees Guild Improving Sega, or A-E-G-I-S dot C or dot dash C-W-A by creating our union Aegis dot C-W-A Sonic says unite. We'll have a say in the decisions that shape our working conditions and ensure the job security and working conditions we deserve. A Sega QA lead Mohammed Saman said in a statement. The workers say they'll be seeking higher base pay, improved benefits and better staffing to quote end patterns of overwork end quote. The Sega workers are the first to try to form a union in the U.S. at a company owned by a Japanese game giant. Oh, yeah. More power to you. More power to you. Love this. Uh, as a worker, protect yourself, right? Protect your, your, your rights. And if that involves forming a union to communicate with your higher-ups um, what you need in order to do your job in a safe environment and with good pay and all that stuff, yeah, uh, go do it. And yeah, hell yeah. I, I love the... Um, I love that... that I love that they're seeking what higher base pay, improved benefits, and they're talking about ending patterns of overwork. Again, these are all important things. We've covered the games industry enough to know about so many patterns of mistreating workers, whether it is not paying them or whether it is plenty of patterns of abuse in the case of like Activision Blizzard stories that we've heard or Ubisoft stories that we've heard or Riot stories that we've heard in terms yeah. of toxic uh, uh, workplace stuff. Yeah, I think get get ahead of it or get in front of it and form a union and protect yourself. I think that's the way to solve these things. And it's awesome to see more and more, um, more and more workforces actually do this and be successful with it. So this is that. Domino's back through everything we've seen, you know, obviously all the toxic stuff you're talking about, but then more, uh, I think more common that we see and we're like, Oh, it's just the industry sometimes is the layoffs. Yeah. Right. And so the, one of their things here and ensure the job security and working conditions we deserve, right. Ensure the job security. Uh, that is such a big problem uh, right now in the games industry for people making games. Well, and I guess people reporting on games too. the fact that maybe your job is gone tomorrow. Right. And you know, when Tim and I talked about Niantic and we talked about the layoffs there and like them canceling all these games and laying off all these people, right. That was, you know, what's echoed here of like, we talked about the fact that that was, it, it reminded us of telltale. It was this, uh, overstretch on their part from the top down, right? Of like, well, we should do all these things and chase all this money and yada, yada, yada. And when you do that, you're playing with people's lives. Yeah. And so to have let them get a seat at the table to have a conversation in a giant corporation that's not listening to them. And I shouldn't paint that broad brush, but in general, maybe a Sega, maybe whoever, da, da, da. you want to have a seat at that table so it's not some dudes making a bunch of decisions for you and then guess what? The winds blow the wrong way and you all get let, let yeah, I mean, you look, at, look, you look at Embracer, right? A company that is... Mm-hmm 
just eating Let it up. all ride on this giant deal. <laughs> yeah, like eating up all these different companies. And so what? You work at Crystal Dynamics and one day you're under Square Enix. The other day, oh, all of a sudden I'm under Embracer. And Embracer is making these wild decisions and putting out yeah, all their eggs in one basket to yeah. hopefully this deal goes through and, at, through. and at the last second, boom, the deal doesn't go through. And now we got to tighten up the wallet and make decisions to lay people off. As somebody who showed, as somebody who showed up to help make a game, right? You wanted to make a Tomb Raider. All of a sudden your, your job's in jeopardy because... Because of forces that are out of your control, right? Higher ups that again are playing with your um, your job and your life as if these are just um, like chess pieces to move around and yep. sacrifice the pawns and do whatever you want. Yep. If uh, yeah, I think workers have the right and should protect themselves in any ways that uh, uh, that they can. And yeah, I think having uh, having unions in place is uh, is great for that, right? Especially in in the wake of everything we're talking about, right? Again, yeah. Embracer and all this other stuff that's going on. Number six and final on the Roper Report, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Borderlands movie is in post-production hell as Last of Us writer removes his name from it. This is Zach, <laughs> Zach Zawian over at IGN. Remember when he was at Kotaku? Wait. Oh, I think he was at Kotaku. I think I messed that up. <laughs> I think that was the title. I was like, when did he go? When did, he, when did Zach go to IGN? Doesn't do this week in games anymore. Listen, totally sometimes ruins I'm their in, life. Sometimes but, I'm know. in um, autopilot. You figure it out for me. Anyways, I'll read this then. First announced in 2015, it took years for Borderlands for the Borderlands movie to actually lock down a director and start filming. Based on the popular Gearbox-developed sci-fi co-op FPS RPG franchise, Borderlands finally started filming in 2021 with a star-studded cast that included Kate Blanchett, Kevin Hart, Jack Black, and Jamie Lee Curtis. In June 2021, shortly after filming was finished, we got our first look at the cast as their characters. However, two years later, that's basically all we've seen. Not a good sign. In January 2023, things only got worse as it was confirmed that the film would receive reshoots under a new director, Tim Miller. A new writer, uh, Zach Olowitz, uh, was also brought in to help pen some of the pages for Miller. And now it looks like the film's original co-writer, Craig Mazin, wants his name nowhere near this film. As reported by World of Real and confirmed via the, writer Guild's web, the Writer's Guild website, the current credited writers on the Borderlands film are Eli Roth and Joe Crombie, a pseudonym for Craig uh, Mazin. This is similar to how back in the day, directors working on a film they didn't like or want their name connected to would opt to use the popular fake name Alan Smithy. It's so I'm sorry. So it's highly likely that Mazin is doing the same and choosing to omit his name from the made up credit or for the made up credit in order to no longer be attached to the upcoming film adaptation. Damn. That's pretty. I, I didn't know you could do that as a writer. Just change your name. So you're not attached to that piece of work. Sure. Can I start doing that here? Like, start, <laughs> if I introduce you and I'm like, hey, everybody, it's Floyd McGuffin or whatever. And oh, like, yeah. you're like, that, that, that's everyone's like, oh, this is a shit show. Or yeah, it's like, oh, it's a slow news day. Oh, I'm Wally Brown today. All right, cool. Yeah, because that's wild that you can do that. That's yeah. absolutely wild. But also, that's wild for Borderlands, the movie. What, what, what do you think happens with this thing? One, do you think it comes out? Yes. You just think, you think it comes out as a trash fire? I don't know. I mean, like, I, had, I didn't have high hopes isn't the right word. But like, I was like, oh, this is a great cast. Kate Blanchett, Kevin Hart, Jack Black, Jamie Lee Curtis. And like, yeah, the stuff they had shown or whatever of like the silhouettes and this thing. And I was like, this could be cool. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, it could be fun. It could be stupid or whatever. I've never seen Kevin Hart in a bad movie before. Exactly, right? He's always in a fun <laughs> right. movie. He's always in a fun movie. <laughs> All right. He's always in a fun movie. You know what I mean? So the fact that, yeah, it's like, you kind of forgot. I kind of forgot about it, right? Like, 
It seems like mm-hmm. a fever dream now when Randy Pitchford was walking around during that E3 presentation God. trying to talk to Kevin Hart. You know what I mean? I was thinking about Randy Pitchford a lot this weekend. Were you? Yeah, I was thinking about the... <laughs> what were you thinking about? The, the time he left his USB stick yeah. at Medieval, medieval times. times. Yeah, and they're had... striking too. Or they were. And then... Medieval times? Yeah. Huh? Oh, yeah, they are. Yeah, I heard about that. Um, why is that such a big news story? <laughs> medieval times in particular is striking. Because this is the second time I've had this conversation this this week. Too. I mean, I mean stri- you know, it's a popular brand, right? That you wouldn't yeah. think maybe... It's an they... American foundation blessing. I've never I been. I guess. I've never been either, but I had it described to me this weekend, and apparently it sounds really fun. Oh, yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. it was a fun time. Well, you want to go sometime? Sure. There's not one in SF, is there? Oh. Uh, yeah, what's the closest medieval times? I'm checking. My guess would be somewhere closer to LA. Yeah, totally. Right. I feel like that'd be a great workout. The one that's coming up is Buena Park, which is down uh, by the Portillo's, which is down by the Anaheim Convention Center. Yeah. Okay. It's yeah. so, like if we go to VidCon or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or if we're just down in LA and we want to say, fuck, what, fuck it. You know what I mean? We let's, do, let's do it. I'll I'll bring the USB sticks. <laughs> but yeah, I, this Borderlands movie is going to happen, and I'm I'm not looking forward to it. You're gonna have to see it for video games interview, though. Well, is that a thing we're doing? I don't. Are I we don't actually think doing that? Was, that? I don't think that was a goal that we hit. Yeah, I think it was. Mm. Was it? Pretty sure. Somebody go back to October. I thought we said we would do. It. We were like, we're gonna do video games interview at some point. It's gonna be one of those uh, like a long going one where mm-hmm. it's not gonna be like. For the next seven weeks, it's video games in review. It's going to be forever. We're adding video games in review, and there's a video game movie. We're going to put it in there. Okay. Yeah, see, uh, Alter Rain says it was a goal. I'm riding the money. Oh, no. But I, uh, my th- question, I know it was a goal. I don't know if we hit that goal. And did I put my name down for video Tell games in review? I'm gonna, I'll throw <laughs> Does open. anybody have it on record? Is I'm this going to be like, no, you're, uh, put, uh, put your student name uh, on there. Yeah, I put Wally Street. Brown on there. <laughs> <laughs> That is a great bit. If we did do it, where we're like, we're going to do it. Here we go. Joey has a beautiful document. Let me see what's on here. Because this one lists what's done, what's in progress. This is me an Indiana Jones situation where I forgot I put my name down. And now I'm just locked into seeing Indiana Jones and the Destiny of Dial or whatever. The Dial of Destiny. You're going to be in the Indian Review intro forever. According to this, we only only hit uh, the 80K goal. So I'm working backwards now. Mm. Because I don't have anything beyond 80K because it didn't get hit. According to this, yell okay. at Joey, not me. And you are right. Video games, movies are not on here. It must audience. have been something higher. <laughs> not funny. That must have been something Thank higher. Again, the real I know it here. sounds crazy because we are an 11-person company, but even then, I don't know everything. Mm-hmm. So if there is a goal on here that the, it, we did cross it and I was wrong, I apologize, everybody. You know what I mean? Yeah. Put the pitchforks down. But this it makes more sense because the thing I'm going to do about the... Uh, I'm going to do today a Greg way mm-hmm. where I want to update this with, to the audience. Because I saw a subreddit post today that was like, here's what they haven't done. Or Here, well, here's the updates on it. And some of them were just blatantly wrong. We're like, Brian and Greg, let's please. Haven't happened. I'm like, no, you, I tweeted about that. I, I put up a video teasing that we recorded them. But then they had the Spider-Man Web of Shadows let's play on there. And I was like, I'm pretty sure we didn't hit that. Yeah. Because no, that wasn't on my list of things to do. We didn't hit top 100 games. Right. I was looking forward to that. So one. yeah, yeah then really the 80K is the cutoff. So they're already subreddit. You're in trouble. And I'm going to let you hear. You know what? I can't wait to record this Greg way and bust some fucking heads. But that's so far away, Blessing. If I wanted something more important and immediate, where would I go? You would go to the official list of upcoming software across each and every platform as listed by Wally Brown each and every weekday. Yeah. Out today, Rain World Downpour on all the Xboxes, Switch and PS4. Uh, the Valiant is on all the Playstations and all the Xboxes. Uh, new dates for your Thronefall will launch on Steam Early Access August 2nd. Rhapsody, Moral Kingdom Chronicles launches August 29th on PS5, Switch, and PC. Neon White Physical Editions for the Nintendo Switch and the PlayStation 5 begin pre-orders on July 13th. 
at im8bit.com. Deal of the day for you, ladies and gentlemen. Remember, the Greg Miller card is available in WWE 2K23 right now for free. Uh, go on in if you have WWE 2K23. Log into my faction, click on locker codes, and put in Game Over Greggy to unlock me as your manager in my faction. You might say, Greg, I don't play in my faction, so I won't do this. No, what I need you to do, ladies and gentlemen, is to do this so they see there's an audience. So then they put me in WWE 2K24 in my rise. I want to be a. I want to be an NPC backstage. I want to give. I want to give out like. A, oh, you think you're awesome. Go f- do 15 suplexes to this guy. And I'll dec- I'm Greg. I'm, I decide what's awesome. That's what I'm going to do. That'd be cool. We ask people watching live on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games to go. And youtube.com slash kind of funny games to go to kind of funny.com slash you're wrong. And tell us what we screw up as we screw it up. So we can set the record straight for everybody watching later on youtube.com slash kind of funny games and listening to podcast services around the globe and also doing the uh, patreon.com. You know what I mean? Uh, we have two here. Uber Guster fan. And I've seen Guster live says you can ask disney to ship your lightsabers for you so you don't have to worry about having extra carry-ons it arrives in about a week oh that's really neat i uh, don't get me wrong mm-hmm. we know barrett can you take your heads head, headphones off a second thank you i'm sorry what's the topic can you take your top just take your headphones take off, off for a second it's fine great they're off good we know barrett Oh, yeah. You know, like he's like Charlie Brown. He just worries about everything all the oh, time. He'd like, freak out. Nobody fucking cares. It's fucking, it's the goddamn airport at Disney World. You know what I mean? They see, they see you with the lightsaber and like a bag. They're not going to bust your balls. But like, what if they think it's a weapon though? Because technically, I assure is. you, I assure you, they don't think. <laughs> what are you going to do on the plane? I mean, they're going to scan it. I mean, like, Somebody's going to use that. You get to see TSA oh, security. No, getting, it, getting it through TSA is fine. It's just the whole like, oh, is this going to be like, you know, because it's a weird it's shape sticking fine. out of the bag. I thought your headphones were off. Man, let me tell you. Like, See? I've, got, I've got great hearing. Somebody takes out the he- the captain with that thing. All of a sudden, I gotta land the plane, and you don't want that. You can't land a plane. See, Doy says in October of 2022, Microsoft stated, "Quote: The agreement between Activision Blizzard and Sony includes restrictions on the ability of Activision Blizzard to place Call of Duty titles on Game Pass for a number of years." End quote. So definitely no COD on Game Pass this year. And then Phil Spencer's email has been published about what responding to the FTC thing, but I'm sure he's not saying, ha, 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 we lied. So it's fine. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been another episode of Kind of Funny Games Daily. Uh, of course, we're here each and every weekday. Support us on patreon.com slash kind of funny. Uh, your host for the rest of the week look like this. Tomorrow, Tim and me. Thursday, me and Tim. Friday, IGN's Stella Chung and me Whoa. hanging out, <laughs> reuniting from our Dice Awards hosting gig a few months ago to hang out. Uh, if you are watching live or listening to the podcast, guess what? We're rolling right into the post show after this where you get to hang out. And we go through the YouTube Super Chats and everybody goes, oh, that was cool. That was fun. What about this? And we have a lot of fun and we hang out. And then we'll roll into a stream. Of course, if you're you know the KFGD audience, the, the video and the podcast would cut off after the Super Show. But if you're watching live, then you could just roll into that too where the boys are going to play Microsoft Flight Simulator, right? Uh, so that'll be a lot of fun. But then if you're watching, remember, we're putting up one big video now. So if you, you're like, well, I want to watch the Flight Simulator. I've watched all these games daily. You should have scrubbed, scrubbed over there. But if you're watching it live and you wanted to watch games daily, you need to scrub all the way back. It's new, but it'll make sense in the long run, I assure you. Ladies and gentlemen. We have a, a super chat post show to do on YouTube here and now the podcast services and all that jazz. But until next time, it's been a pleasure to serve you. Now, isn't there supposed to be a third person? Oh, shit. Oh, damn. I forgot about that. Remember, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> the YouTube super chat post show is meant to usher you into the stream where the jabroni boys hang out. So, yes, we are happy to welcome 
from the lab at the kind of funny spare bedroom. The one, the only, <laughs> the master of hype, Snowbike Mike. Hello, Mike. Hello, everybody. It's Mike over here in the lab coming at you with another kind of funny games daily post show super chat segment where I jump in the chat with each and every one of you incredible kind of funny best friends and join these two incredible kind of funny games daily show hosts for some fun chats with all of you. Greg, how are you today? I'm fantastic, Mike. I miss you. I miss you being right here, you know, but I'm uh, happy thanks, to see Greg. you. I, I haven't quite figured out where to look yet because I'm just staring at a wall, but I'm going to look into the camera. Look into the lens. The lens well, is no, what's... It just doesn't feel like I look at your face like I used to. Who you cares? Know I mean? just, you know, make it just, for the content. Uh, Mike, Greg, I'm going to go live. get some lunch. Okay, Bless has got to go get lunch because he's got a packed day. Uh, is it as packed uh -huh. as my day? Of course not, but you don't see uh, me crying about not. it. Nobody works harder than you, Greg. That's what I like to say. Kevin's back there. Be careful, Mike. Uh, Greg Miller, welcome in. It's just you and I today. We're going to have some fun. Uh, Kevin's got three different microphones in front of me. Give us one second. <laughs> now I got one of these as well. What is <laughs> this? Who go. knows? Who knows? Um, Greg, yeah. let's jump in to the Super Chats over on YouTube because they have exploded with the excitement. Of course, it's also 7-Eleven, Greg. Free Slurpee Day. Don't forget. You guys came in singing about America and drinking free Slurpees. And I was like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> uh, big with Greg. a lot of G's and five. Big Five says, why is 10 years the magic number for the Call of Duty deal, Greg? That's a great why question. Why 10 years? Why is that the number? I think because you're talking about technology that changes so quickly. Think about 10 years ago, what the video game industry is like 10 years before that. Like yeah. you go, you're going to suddenly get into like, what if Sega was doing something and making a deal that was 30? It wouldn't even make any sense now, right? Like Sega's not even remotely what they were 30 years ago. And so I think here it's just about trying to squelch concerns that, hey, we're going to turn this uh, corner and it's all going to go to hell. Microsoft's going to be able to disrupt the entire industry and this, you know put PlayStation on their back foot and, and you know put people out of business. And I think 10 years is enough for the industry to change. But like I said on this show, right, to have PlayStation... Okay, fucking come up with a plan. If you're so worried about this, come up with a plan. What are you going to do? Yeah, I agree with that, Greg. Right? Ten years, a decade. You have a lot of time. And I think that was the big main sell was like, we're going to be here for a long time, right? After ten years, we'll see what happens. But you and I have discussed this. Call of Duty is a juggernaut because it's multi-plat, right? Because it's on every platform succeeding and absolutely crushing it. Called Xbox and Microsoft aren't going to go tomorrow and say, you know what? Actually, that's a bad deal for us. No way. They're going to keep that on there for a long time. But yeah. 10 years, I think the decade, 10, it just seems like a long, long time when you think about it. Uh, let's keep it going. Selesh, a.k.a. Shishaley. Shishaley. I figured out that name. Uh, writes and says, future game streaming company would be at Microsoft's mercy to use its IP. It has never been about the console wars. It's about collecting IPs for the cloud war, Greg. Do you agree with that? War. Yeah, I mean, I agree. That's what I was talking about here, right? Of like, in ten, they're like, oh, 10 years is a long time. And like, oh, yeah, like, what? hopefully Call of Duty. It's like, in 10 years, we're not going to be talking about what Call of Duty means to this. It's going to be more about what Xbox is if they made the right gamble on trying to be this platform that isn't about a console that is everywhere. That is the move, and I do think cloud's a huge part of that. Will it be the only part of it? Of course not. But, you know, we're going to wait and see what this looks like and where they're going and if that's the way to go or if PlayStation, who's clearly marching to a PlayStation 6, is what what's going to be and what the PlayStation 6 will look like and what their streaming strategy would be and yada, yada, yada. It's one of those that Microsoft is trying to be cutting edge with technology and the Internet right now, mm -hmm. and that's a gamble. PlayStation staying very tried and true. And granted, of course, PlayStation is also experimenting with cloud and doing all these different things, but... 
I think PlayStation's still very much talking with their whole chest about consoles and boxes at your TV because it's what's worked and it's killing right now. So will that change? Won't it change? And if it does change, if suddenly there is a Switch throne, can PlayStation make up the ground of Xbox and the investment they've already put in? Yeah, agreed, Greg. And of course, it has always been about collecting the IPs so you have the better streaming service or the better platform for people to come to and attach their money and wallet to. Yeah. But at the same time, Xbox has been very open, like we brought up just a 10-year deal, right, of, hey, we're willing to put our IP and our games on other ecosystems and platforms, right? Sure, they're in third place, and they were easy to be like, oh, we wish exclusives weren't a thing. We'd love people to just play games. You can say that when you're in last place because you don't have any dominoes to hold close to your chest. But, you know, I think they are collecting a lot of IP, a lot of strong IP. We'll see in 10 years if that IP is even relevant, if there's the dominant player in the marketplace. But they will have some fun poker chips to kind of juggle around and deal after 10 years of like, hey, you want this? You got to either be over here or will they still keep that attitude of, hey, we're willing to put it everywhere. You just give us a slice of the pie, you know, be interesting to see. Let's keep it going with Jesse M. Jesse M says, with this setting the precedent that no merger is too big, what big company buys Embracer Group now that uh, now that's now na- or group that's now in need after losing its two billion dollar deal? Well, it'll be interesting to see what the Embracer Group actually is in a year, let alone five years. I think what you're going to see is Embracer Group close a lot of stuff, but then also sell a lot of stuff. I think they're going to have to make moves to get leaner to stay alive as they have made some mistakes here and they had that giant deal fall through. And so then what does the Embracer Group actually look like? And even then the question becomes, who would want to buy that? You know, I don't have it in front of me, however many studios it is, right? It's 100 something when we were talking last time and I could be totally wrong. I'll throw up in your, I guess I could just do a quick search. Embracer Group, right? Um, Embracer Group. The question becomes, they're just like, we've all joked about it. I've talked about this at length, right? Like, what an unwieldy number of studios. What a bad decision on what you're doing, right? Search, 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 search. So hard to find what I'm looking for. Maybe it's up here. Uh, no, I don't know. Well, I mean, there's a number of employees right now, according to Wikipedia, right? Are, 16,000, over 16,000, coming in at 17,000. Anyways, though, I don't think this goes back to what I was talking about earlier about identity uh, for PlayStation, for Xbox, for anybody, right? What is your identity? And I don't think a PlayStation, an Xbox, anybody would look at Embracer and go, our identity is all of that. We want all of that. What you're going to get is a bunch of closers, a bunch of layoffs, and then a bunch of sell-offs in the same way you saw, not for the same reasons necessarily, but you saw Square Enix get rid of their Western studios, right? Where it was like, listen, we're a Japanese company, Final Fantasy pays the bills, and we love doing that. So Square Enix Montreal, IDOS, and then uh, Chris Dynamics, we're selling you. We're pushing you out. That's not what we need to be. I think you're going to see that with Embracer, where it will be a garage sale of different studios after some major layoffs and closures and stuff, and then it would be, all right, cool, we're coming in and finding what works for us as a stu- whoever's buying this stuff. Yeah, that's well said. I, I don't think Embracer Group is high on my list, Greg, just for all the reasons that you listed. Right When I look around and I go, man, I want a piece of someone else's pie. Embracer Group isn't the one that I'm looking at. Sure, maybe we can make some deals for some IPs. If there's some talented studios that I would want to acquire, I'd look at Embracer Group. But as a whole, I'm not bringing that baggage onto my ship that I'm trying to sail into the future. I think we can find some other better deals for sure. For sure. Let's keep it going with Seychelles. 
Seychelles. Ethan Hunt versus John Wick versus the Equalizer. Who wins? I'll leave this to you, Mike. I have seen very ways. I've never seen John Wick. Okay. I don't support Mission Impossible because they screwed up Justice League. And then the Equalizer, crazy. I guess, was Jason Statham. Is that right? Oh, man. The Statham, man. He once fought the Megalodon. That's crazy. Uh, who am I so going with? Well, Megalodon. Let's go with this right now. You know what I mean? My guy, Ethan Hunt, a.k.a. Tom Cruise. He's Maverick. Okay? He does his own stunts. He's absolutely crazy. But he doesn't fire a gun like one John Wick. And Jason Statham, for as bad and as raspy his voice is. Equalizer is Denzel Washington. Turns out, it turns out oh, Denzel Washington. Okay. The chat's correcting us. Denzel? Okay, well, then you know what? I take it all back. Denzel Washington. He's my guy. He's my guy. So I'm going with the Equalizer. Done. Greg, let's keep it going with Sonic Fuzz Monkey. Okay. Uncle Greg, got another one for you. Gave up on Nine Finger Jack and the Dishes. Will you please break my nine-year-old Theo? He won't quit eating his boogers. Thanks. What was this man's name again? Uh, this one is Theo. Theo won't stop eating his boogers. But what's the dad's name again? I forget the dad's name. Uncle Greg gave up another one. Oh, this is Sonic Fuzzy Monkey. Sonic Fuzzy Monkey, it's me, Greg Miller. Do you want yeah, those boogers uh, on your couch? Do you want them on the back of the bed? Do you want no, you them don't. on the wall? Do you want them in your car? Let the kitty is fucking boogers. All right? He'll eventually stop. It's gross. It's making me gag right now, honestly, talking about it, thinking about it. But it'll eventually stop. And you know what I mean? Also, just get your shit together. Why are you asking me to parent through a screen in your living room, all right? I got the kid to wash the dishes. Isn't that good enough? Now you got a kid, I assume, so young. Eat his now, if this kid's 16 or whatever, it's real simple. You kick him out. You know, a 16-year-old won't stop eating his boogies. You kick him out. That kid's never going to go places. Kid's never, that kid's never going to get it together. If you're at 16 eating your boogers, you got a problem, kid. You know what I mean? So just that, Theo, that's your problem, is that you shouldn't be eating your boogers at 16. If you're at 16 right now, you just, what you do is you walk up into your attic, you get the suitcase, you bring it down, you let them take three shirts, three underwears, three socks, three jeans. 55 cheeseburgers, <laughs> 55 chicken wings. You put it in there, right? You zip it shut and you say, get your fucking ass out of my house. And, like, you know, don't get me wrong, I don't know what state you're in, so the legalities are different everywhere in terms of what's going to happen here. But once you kick him out and the cops bring him back, like, you can't kick a 16 say he's eating his boogers. Right now he's eating his boogers. And the cops are going to be like, oh, my God, it's fucking gross. You know what I mean? We'll take him next town. We'll take him the next town over. We'll drop him off in Shelbyville. And then he's Shelbyville's problem. Stop eating your boogers. Plain and simple. Let's jump over to the Twitch chat, Greg. Of course, I want to give a big shout-out to the Twitch chat, just like so many of our friends are watching over there as well, and they can get involved in the conversation, just like Luke the Awesome has resubscribed with Prime Gaming for 30 months. Uh, of course, Jace the Drone has now used the new feature, the Hype Chat, to write in says, hashtag free Mike, along with the Zakalak who donated $1 and said free Mike from this awful room in here so I can see Greg's eyes and talk to him. John writes in with the Prime Gaming stuff for 37 months, says, hey guys, I'm a UPS semi-truck driver. I have been thinking about unions a lot lately, especially after the second news. How do you guys feel about the recent labor strikes? And do you think that the video game industry will finally get the unions they wanted? So I'm not, I've seen the headlines on the UPS strike looming. I have not gone into it or whatever. I forget what the, I, we could look it up around UPS strike. I'm going to do this. I don't want the Vox article. No offense to Vox. Here we go. Here we go. I, the Hill's got things. Five things to know about the UPS strike is Teamsters contract 
as Teamsters contract talks fail. This is Julian Mueller over at the Hill. Uh, talks between shipping giant UPS and the International Brotherhood of Teamsters fell apart last week, upping the possibility that the union could strike in a massive walkout when their current contract expires at the end of the month. The union, which represents roughly 340,000 members working for UPS, voted last month to authorize a strike if a deal isn't reached. What will happen to the packages is the first bullet point. That's not, yes, thank you. Number two is what are they fighting over? Jump to that. Can I know what the workers are upset about? What are they about? fighting over? Fuck me. My, me getting the goddamn dog food from Amazon.com isn't my big issue. I like to take care of the goddamn workers, the hell. Uh, the, shipping the shipping company and the union are divided over wages, benefits, and compensation for workers as they negotiate a new contract before their current agreement expires at the end of the month. Teamsters are also pushing for an end to a dual wage system for delivery drivers and to, quote, forced overtime on drivers' days off, Jesus, as well as better workplace protections and a holiday on Martin Luther King Jr. Day. UPS drivers make $18.05 an hour in Arkansas, $17.63 in Oklahoma, and $21.02 uh, in Connecticut, according to into Indeed. UPS made uh, $11.5 billion in net income in 2022 as profits exceeded. UPS and the union reached a tentative agreement on the two-tier wages overtime and, and holiday at the start of the month, which has been seen by many as a move that would lessen the likelihood of the strike. But tensions continue uh, on other economic parts of the negotiation. All right, so kind of funny. He's very pro-worker. Uh, we're very much want people to take care of themselves and be uh, uh, given a livable wage and a fair wage on top of what's going on across there. So it is an idea of, as usual, you know, we just talked about it with uh, a million of the other things, right? It's uh, Vox Media? No, is it Vox Media? No, no, no. I just said Vox. Uh, Go Media. Go the, Media. There's also Vice. Uh, Vice. Vice. That's Vice the one I want to talk about. Off. The Vice. Yeah. yeah, Vice laid it off. Well, let me get that one pulled up here because I think I retweeted that one today. But yeah, a lot of like other people had like huge bonuses right before laying not. people off and then uh, filing for bankruptcy. I did not. Yeah. Katie Way. All right, hold on. So here we go. So I'm going to get uh, – follow me on this one. This is about Vice. Uh, Max Tanny uh, over on Twitter had, had done an article. Uh, or, yeah, done, a bankruptcy filing today shows that Vice paid out exec bonuses totaling well over a million dollars just a few weeks before the company declared bankruptcy. A large number of freelancers and laid-off staff still have not been paid. This was quote tweeted by Katie Way, who is a, for, a former freelancer over there. Says Vice owes me twenty-two hundred dollars in freelance fees, and every two weeks the exec who tank. Every two weeks, the executive who tanked Vice.com receives a paycheck that is more than my annual rent. That is fucked up. That is super fucked up, and that's what we're talking about here in terms of like, yo, what the fuck? So when you get to, again, I've read you one article, not even, I read you one-fifth of an article about UPS, right, and what's going on there. It is the idea that these whales at the top make so, so much money, and then the workers are just struggling to be able to live and do their, do, live their life. A freelancer like Katie, and granted, I'm jumping to the Vice thing here, is doing its thing, right? That's fucked up. That's where unions come in and, and negotiate wages and make sure that people are getting taken care of. So, again, I've, I don't even remember what the question was. The question, we're pro-union, we're, we're pro-workers, we're probably, we're probably pro-UPS on this, even though I don't know much about it, of course. And, of course, I, you know, I come from a union family. What up? Your local 150 operating engineers, number one crane operator, Greg Miller, back in Chicago, right? I was raised very much being driven around and like if we saw scab workers yelling scab at them out the window of the car. Uh, anyway, so uh, I honked to this day uh, right now, Mike, over on uh, what, 19th? 
Yeah, nineteenth. There's people striking outside of SF uh, State. Uh, the yeah, apartments the, there. Uh, the painters, painters strike. I honk every day. Every day I honk at them in support. Let them know I'm with them. Let them know. I'm, I'm with Let them on know. the picket line. So that's good. Well, do, uh, video games get it together. Yeah, probably right in some degree. I mean, you see Sega doing. It, you've seen other people doing it, and it is like. It is one where it's like you know, again, I'm talking a little bit out my ass here. I'm definitely outside of my um, wheelhouse, comfort zone, wheelhouse. Yeah, of what's going on. So it's like, I don't know if every place needs to, you know what I mean? I mean, it's good too, because of course, uh, people come, people go in terms of leading companies and changing companies and stuff like that. But it is the idea of, yeah, people should be. So they're, you know, getting there and getting what they uh, can be taken care of. And again, back to the article we were talking about on Games Daily about it, right? Of the Sega folks. Uh, for the people making video games, it is a layoff prone industry. And it is a, the guy at the top makes a really bad fucking decision. And then guess what? Your life is upended. You are out of a job. Now maybe you could work remote, but maybe you have to move or maybe you have to do something else. Like all that shit sucks. It sucks feeling like you don't have a hand on the wheel, I guess, in what your company's doing. And then you have to live with it. Great stuff, Greg. You're always so smart on that. I have a question for you, Mike. I'm going to put you on the spot. Do you feel like you have a hand on the wheel here? Kind of funny. Yeah, I have a big hand on the wheel. Just making sure. I have a large hand on the wheel. Well, it's always, I always, I'll turn so so hard left, you know what I mean? Like, wah, bro, that's how I do it, Let's flip the bus and kill everyone. No, it's one of those, you know, when the stuff comes up, it's like, I, it's hard for me sometimes, right? Because I want to say something about how it is it kind of funny, but I don't, then it's always that thing of, you hear a lot of from me on Gregways, I think, or like Q&As, where I stop myself, like, actually, you have to ask the the workers, right? Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, and it's a weird thing where it's like, I, I was making this reference to somebody the other day, right? Where it's like, oh, I'm a CEO of Kind of Funny or whatever, which of course doesn't fucking mean anything, right? Because sure, I'm the CEO of Kind of Funny, but it, it would be like the CEO of Coca-Cola also then comes down and works on the bottling line. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because like I'm here making the fucking Coke with you every day. I'm doing yeah. the thing. Like it's For me, it's such a collaborative thing, but I also know, and it, it, for me, it's such a far different thing than what IGN was. Again, not that I'm taking shots at my old employer. I loved IGN. I loved everything. But it's that thing where it's like, you know, I didn't pair wasn't creating with me granted maybe he'd be on a podcast or something like that but that would be a rare occasion for me it, and I know he does NBC so it's a little not right but he wasn't like writing reviews or covering E3 with me or yada 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 you know what I mean where it's like with us it is very much like we're not a typical corporate structure I'm one of the guys but yeah. then it's also like I guess technically on a flow chart I'm not one of the guys so I don't want to talk out and be like it's great to work it kind of funny like we hope it's not like, I hope it's not like this I hope you guys are you know feel like everything's great Barrett do you feel like you're you have a hand on the wheel and things are good I feel like I have ownership, and I think that's the, the, the goal for a lot of the working class of, of feeling like there is ownership and security, and that's why I think unionization is a first good step to help protect things. Sure. It doesn't always work out, as sure. we saw with the, the Vice stuff, and you know they were unionized, and they were still all uh, laid off with the executives getting bonuses right before all of that, um, but it's a first step to uh, – being more secure in ownership of your work and having a say and uh, knowing where you're going next and all that. So, uh, like I said, like, yeah, like on a flow chart, maybe we're, you know, maybe there's a more of a, uh, I don't know, uh, not a corporate structure, but like a more like typical structure. But I think in practice, uh, we're, we're not typically like that. So, yeah. Great question. Uh, let's keep it going right now with Frog Splash says, what's the Chris Anka comic wreck you said earlier, Greg? It was, I haven't, he told me about it yesterday. I haven't bought it yet. Yeah. Do a power bomb. Oh, okay. do a power okay. bomb from image comics. 
The creator of Murder Falcon, which was a great one we did on the comic book show, and Wonder Woman Dead Earth is launching a brand new, this is already done, a brand new limited series. Uh, Lona Steelrose wants to be a pro wrestler, but she's living under the shadow of her mother, the best to ever do it. Everything changes when a wrestling-obsessed necromancer asks her to join the grandest pro wrestling tournament of all time, which is also the most dangerous. It's the wrestler meets Dragon Ball Z in a tale where the competitors get more than they ever bargained for. It's collected in a trade paperback right now. You could get it. Sounds dope. It does sound cool. Let's, let's keep it going. We have five minutes left here on our Super Chat well, I got five minutes to say to work. CJ writes in and says, just wanted to E-dap up Blessing on the fresh cut. We'll pass that along to Well, him. he's fucking gone, so say something nice about me and Mike. CJ then writes in again and says, Greg, have you changed your stance on Sony's games as a service plans now that they could potentially lose Activision games? No, I haven't. I, again, don't know. Lightning in the bottle isn't the right word, right? But Call of Duty is such a special thing that, like, no one's been able to replicate, no matter how hard they try. And I just don't think that it's something you necessarily need to worry about. Other people are going to continue to do third-party shooters, right? Uh, I mean, Bungie is owned by PlayStation now and has Destiny, and that can be the future. It's not so, and I we talked about it on this episode, right, where I was like, it may, they're just throwing everything at the wall, and they hope one out of the 12 works, and that can be their Call of Duty going forward. That's possible, but, like, I just don't think we need another shooter is going to be the solution to all this, but who knows? I really don't know. And that's why, again, like I, I, I they have to do what they got to do. They got to try to future proof the business. They got to do. And so my stance, I, what is my stance? My stance is that I'm not excited about it. Well, shocking. No one I'm sure is that I'm not excited about the next call of duty. So it's really not even an apples to apples things. As a business person, I can sit there and as a business, not person, but as, if I'm putting on my business cap, I can sit there and be like, I understand why they're doing it. But I, even then it's like, that's an expensive fucking experiment, especially when they're like, well, 60% of the budget's going to be this in five years or whatever it was. Brian W. writes in and says, Greg, you would know this. You have a lot of experience. What amount of time prior to its release would the availability of Starfield for review raise concerns? What's the ideal length to review a Bethesda Game Studios game? Man, I mean, concerns, you're literally talking about Cyberpunk. Where, you know, that was what? They gave it to us with a week to go, if memory serves, only on PC. We're all like, oh, that's fucking weird. Okay, cool, whatever. Um, which was, and then Blessing got it, and it worked fine. But it was like, what about the consoles? And then everything went to shit, right? Um, a Bethesda one, like, I expected the bare minimum two weeks. And that is going to be a grueling two weeks for whoever is lead reviewer. And it, not even so much for Kind of Funny, because we can come in and say... I played it for two weeks and I haven't rolled credits, but I think X, Y, and Z. But like your IGNs, your whoever's, right? Where they have to take those people off the floor. You go home and you just play that game. You, I would hope for at least two weeks. I would love a fucking month. I'd be scared if it was a week to go and you got code. At that like point, you click. just pay, uh, play at your own pace. And, and no matter where you work, you know, like that's a, hey, like... This is a huge game, and we fucking got it a week beforehand. That becomes uh, the narrative, right? Yeah. That's totally, and that's a accurate, an accurate way to review it. It was just yeah. like, yeah, we they gave us to a, a week for this game. Because I'm trying to remember Elden Ring, because I know Elden Ring, I think, was a week and a half, maybe two weeks. And Let me check. I forget what the reviews were like, uh, like on the game spots and the IGNs at the time. Like, I, I forget if they were just already giving out scores or if they were like, hey, this is a review in progress, but... Yeah, reviews in progress kind of exist on those big sites for a reason. Um, and uh, the, the more we see of, like, huge games coming in under the last minute, I hope they utilize that more just to, you know, 
not wear down whoever's reviewing it. Elden Ring launched on February 25th, and code came in February 14th. That's 11 mm. days. Mm. Okay. Um, keeping it moving with our final three questions. Final Fantasy 16 fan writes in and says, Turkey is the cheapest PSN region. I was able to buy Spider-Man 2 for $30 USD. What are your thoughts on using gift cards to buy games from there? Greg, what do you think about circumventing certain areas and going to buy games from different regions? I mean, you got to do what you got to do. Oh, okay. I mean, what? Like, I mean, I'm not fucking PlayStation's bottom line. You know what I mean? Like, there's a million yeah, yeah. workarounds to do whatever you got to do to get the thing to get it cheaper. Blah blah. It's like we have we have an expensive hobby. You're not pirating it, right? You're getting the money. You're doing the thing. I understand what you're out there and, and doing. And is it smarts consumerism? You know, Nitro says that sounds shady. It is shady, right? Like, it is a way to circumvent and do this whole thing. And da 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 da. PlayStation's aware you're doing it. You know what I mean? Like, there. But it's also Earlier, um, with the conversation about retro video games and them going extinct or whatever, and I was talking about piracy, somebody put in the chat, they're like, well, like, the piracy thing, or, you know, getting them through emulators and piracy, that's a techie thing. Like, that's not, people, you know, it's not easily accessible for other people. Again, we're talking about somebody right here where you're, you're using something as a workaround that is... Yes, anybody could do it, but how many people would? How many people will? How many people want to go through the hoops of going and making a different account and doing the thing and then make that your master account? But like, it's it is what it is. Like that, PlayStation's aware people do that. That's the digital future we live in. You know, uh, I, you know, the times I'm up in Canada with Jen and we want to watch Last of Us. This is a very dated reference, I guess, but we want to watch Last of Us on HBO. So I had to go use ExpressVPN right to get in to make it think that I'm in uh, San Francisco and not in Canada, so I could access Max at the time. It's all these different things. Like, I I wouldn't do it, but I'm in a far different place. You know what I mean? Like, that's fine. Like, go do it. It's the same reason, like, you know, I, if I wanted to, I'm sure I could get my groceries far cheaper if I was using coupons or doing these things. And even those are, like, you know, promoted deals rather than something that is a little shady or whatever. But I'm not going to be the moral police and tell you what not to do and what to do. You're not stealing the game. I think that's, you know, definitely for me personally where I draw the line of, like, you can also wait, I'm sure, and I, I'm an idiot at this, but I don't know. You can wait till Spider-Man 2's out, or maybe a little bit before it's out, and go get the thing and do it on your Steam Deck. Through. I don't know how to do any of that shit, but you could do that too, where it's like, whatever. But it's like, I don't back this or support it, but I'm not, I'm not living your life. I'm not out there, and I also have different values and yada, yada, yada. It's good right there. Yeah, I never thought of that, to be honest. I never thought about it at all. Let's keep it going right now with our final one. Mara writes in and says, Bear to Mike. Will the next kind of anime have any seasonal content discussions? Mainly asking for JJK2 season two, but Zom 100 also seems up y'all's alleys. Uh, I have not heard of Zom. Mike, I don't know if that's something on your radar. I probably don't have any time uh, personally to pick up any new series. But yeah, we'll we'll talk about the first couple of episodes of JJK. Uh, I think uh, Demon Slayer, uh, we didn't really talk about past the first episode of season two. Um, so yeah, Mike and I will do like a quick, uh, like what you've been watching uh, at the top of the show uh, before we get into the, the big topics of uh, discussion there. Mike, are you excited? We're recording part of that episode next week man didn't even know but now i'm excited everybody <laughs> Woo! i live one day at a time ladies and gentlemen yeah. uh pdx and pursuit of happiness we'll get to your questions uh tomorrow thank you all so much for writing in very exciting stuff greg this is going to be the end of today's super chat it was nice to hang out with you and have some fun great games daily 
And here's to many more. We'll see you tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen. This is goodbye.